Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this week I want to reflect on some feedback that my colleagues at the Agricultural Business Chamber and I received as we traveled across South Africa for March of July uh, we went to a number of provinces, the Western Cape, uh, Free State, Northwest, parts of Gauteng, uh, just listening to some of the agribusinesses about what are some of the challenges that they are facing, how are the agricultural conditions in their region, and what do they think about the outlook in South Africa's agriculture and agribusiness. And of course, one cannot dive deep into all of the matters that the colleagues have raised, but I'll speak at a high level. And I think it's best to start off with some of the positive news to say, looking at the near term, what was some of the view uh, from many people that attended our session? And on that, the near term outlook for many people was really positive, uh, attributing it to favorable rainfall in the 2022-23 summer season. And of course, the 2023-24 winter crops is in those that are in the Western Cape. So when you think about people that are in the summer grains and in winter grains, oil seeds, the view from them was reasonably positive. And to an extent, even colleagues that are in wine production and in horticulture, their view or feedback from them was encouraging. They talked about uh, the expansion that they are seeing in their industries. Uh, positive production conditions that they see. So all of that was something that was positive, especially in the context of South Africa where load shedding had put quite a strain on many people whose crops are under irrigation. So it was encouraging to hear that from the colleagues. And I guess the good rainfall have made quite a difference in as far as the availability of soil moisture, making sure that things um, uh, and crops are growing in a reasonably favorable environment. The outlook that was less optimistic is when we engage people that are in the livestock industry and the poultry industries where they complain about the higher feed cost, which is really true because if you were to look at the grain and oil seeds prices today, even though on average they are down roughly 11% on year-on-year basis, depending on what contract months you're looking at, but spot prices are down roughly 11% on a year-on-year basis. If you take these current prices and you compare them with where they were in pre-COVID levels 2019, you would see that we've come a long way. So uh, while prices are down on a year-on-year basis, we're no way closer to the levels that we were used to, which was 2018, 2019, where prices were reasonably low. So it makes sense that the colleagues are complaining about the higher feed costs. The other important thing was, of course, the persistent uh, animal disease outbreaks. For those that are in livestock, what they are talking about is the foot and mouth disease outbreak that in South Africa, specifically 2022, it was the first time where we had this outbreak in about six of our nine provinces. But if you talk to folks in the pork production industry, they will tell you about the challenges of the African swine fever in a poultry sector. They will tell you about the avian influenza. So animal diseases and the higher feed cost is a big challenge for folks that are in the livestock and poultry industries. 
But I think beyond these things, uh, if you were to then aggregate the high-level problems that everybody in all of the meetings agreed were the key issues that needed um, intense focus from all of us as well as the government colleagues. I think the first issue uh, would be the persistent load shedding. Um, and the impact that it presents on the sector. I know in this podcast we have talked about its impact on agriculture. And of course, if you go back into this podcast, you will see where we detail what interventions the government have made, which subsectors in agriculture are negatively impacted, which is, uh, of course, the bigger ones are the fruit. Uh, because if you think about our fr- fruit and vegetables, 100% of it is under irrigation on crops. Roughly 20% of the field crops are under irrigation. And of course, folks in the dairy industry and poultry are some of the people that are heavily in- in- impacted. And the interventions that the South African government had put in place with things like the energy fund that is yet to be launched. There was a load curtailment for some of the bigger users that are direct clients of ESCOM. Those are just some of the interventions, but you can go into this podcast and listen to that specific discussion that is talking about load shedding, which if you are listening from the, to this and not from South Africa, when we talk about load shedding, we talk about the planned uh, electricity blackouts. So we have an, a food and the agriculture industry that is high, highly dependent on electricity. So when there are these blackouts, they do have a negative impact on us. The second issue that colleagues outlined as a big thing is, of course, the rising uh, protectionism uh, across the world. Uh, Now, this presents a number of challenges for South Africa because we have an agricultural sector that is export-oriented. We export about half of what we produce. If you think about how much we exported, say, in 2022, it was a record $12.8 billion of agricultural products. Big markets were the African continent, about 40% of our exports. Asia, about 25-26% of our exports there, EU, also over 20%, the UK, um, and the number of markets in the Middle East. So we, we really are focused on the export side for whatever we grow, about half of these products in value terms, they go to the export markets. And as we talk in South Africa about expanding production through master plan and the other things, that does mean that then on the exports, we need to put a lot more emphasis. In the near term, which is why this thing came into discussion with all of the visits that we're doing across various regions of the country, is the citrus story. And the citrus industry continued to experience challenges in the EU. Uh, last year, there was a false codling moth uh, story where the citrus industry was, was facing difficulties in the EU with the EU authorities insisting that the fruit has to be frozen at a particular temperature before it could reach their shores uh, because of this quarantine that they worried about. But South Africa had already put measures in place to control that. So that caused a bit of a glitch. This time around, it's a citrus black spot issue, which again continues to be a lingering concern for our producers, particularly the guys that are in the citrus uh, space. But I think beyond that, the interest was on saying, look, we need to uh, continue to expand our export markets. And the countries that were dominant in the discussion across the country was saying, look, we we have to get into Japan uh, more aggressively in China, more extensively, India more extensively, uh, Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh, Philippines, South Korea. Those are just some of the markets that the colleagues put on the table and saying we need a wider market access in these countries. But fortunately, even if you talk to Minister Tadeza or Minister Patel or any of our colleagues that are in these departments, the DGs and the DDGs, there seems to be a meeting of minds that South Africa needs to expand its access in these markets. So 
between government as well as the the the, the, the business uh, leaders uh, there's a meeting of mind that those are priority countries when we do that though that is not an expense of the existing markets uh, the EU, very important to us. Africa, very important to us. The US and various Asian markets, we need to retain those markets and improve the relationship with them as we continue to search for wider market access in the other countries that I've just mentioned. The other issues that were raised by the colleagues was, of course, the issue of rising interest rates, uh, specifically as South Africa's agriculture is heavily indebted. I mean, when you look at the numbers, they're hovering around 200 billion rands in the farm debt in South Africa. That has been used productively to invest in infrastructure, widen you know, production and all of those things. But, you know, the rising interest rates does put a bit of a challenge then on servicing that debt. Uh, issues of um, uh, intensified geopolitics were mentioned, and I guess this is, uh, again, uh, underpinning issues. South Africa's uh, interactions with Russia and the others is the one that uh, had pushed that matter to be on people's mind throughout. And most folks were worried that we needed to retain the Algoa um, market access in the U.S., something that I'm positive looking at the recent developments that perhaps maybe um, there's something constructive will come out of that. I see the South African authorities are now pushing, businesses pushing to engage with the U.S., but that's something that we can dive deep on in a different, separate segment. But I wanted to highlight that this is something that people in the rural South Africa are thinking a lot about. The weakening of municipalities uh, and the decay in the network industries was one of the most uh, dominant uh, uh, points that we've discussed. Either you think about water, and of course, rail and, and roads, uh, they still have their challenges and the ports, but folks raised this issue. And their roads uh, matter, especially in small rural towns. People are worried about this and the neglect because the good rainfall of the past seasons, while uh, we appreciate them from an agricultural perspective, but it also meant that they exacerbated the damage in the roads that are already poorly maintained or neglected. Now, the road infrastructure is in poor conditions across South Africa, and this is something that many people raised, either in the rural Eastern Cape, Free State, Northwest, Limpopo, KZN. And I can say that the only province that probably has better roads than all of this, when you think about small towns, is the Western Cape. Uh, so something really needs to be done in here, because if it's not done, the transaction cost of moving a product uh, from production point to consumption point are rising, and it becomes even much more difficult for new entrant black farmers um, that don't have the capacity to maintain some of these roads by themselves, as we see some of the major farming entities devoting resources that could have been used to expand the farming businesses now being used to maintain roads um, where municipalities should have been doing that. But for others who don't have that financial muscle, it becomes even more difficult to deal with this issue. And of course, I've talked about the biosecurity matter, which has also been raised uh, as one of those important issues by, by the guys in the rural South Africa. But of course, the other thing that is uh, beyond that uh, is then saying, look, the ports have to work effectively. Uh, because I've made the point that we export about half of what we produce in uh, in value terms. That means then at the ports, the efficiency is an important thing. There are ongoing discussions 
between the Department of Agri- uh, the, 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 the Organized Agriculture, Transnet, and the others. And I think those discussions need to continue because for sharing of an information, emphasizing what are the glitches in the system, what needs to be emphasized, um, where investment should be channeled, those are some of the things that at least will move us forward over time. I must return for a moment on the issue of the animal diseases because there, one of the things that people were mentioning was that we need more investments and some capital from the Department of Agriculture reinvents for this issue because as climate change becomes a problem and intensifies, there will likely be more animal disease outbreaks and South Africa need to really make sure that we are ready for that. And that means reinfencing funds for it reinvesting in some of our um, uh, 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 vaccine manufacturing like the OBP and the others, hiring capable vets to boost the staff complement to to deal with this. And lastly, there was also this softer issue of trust that was coming up between organized agriculture and government and between even the farming organizations at all um, in general. The issue of trust and accountability is something that was discussed. But I think it's more important when we think about the agriculture and the agro-processing master plan, which will be implemented uh, soon. And I think that, uh, th- that that's something that all stakeholders on the table need to build on. And I think the Department of Agriculture should take a lead on that, on bringing everybody to the table and then communicating with them about where we are with the implementation of master plan, what are we going to do, who's going to play what role, and I think just doing that and bringing everybody on the table, that does um, enforce and grow the trust, which is something that many people um, have raised also in some of these conversations. But I think overall, uh, the, the, the South African agricultural sector is in good shape for the for the near term. And of course, for the next season, we are all worried and watching the El Nino, which could bring dryness over South Africa. But we don't think it will be harsh as the 2015 and 16, as I've repeated this point several times in this podcast. We think it will still be a decent season. The soil moisture will assist us, which is already on the ground. But of course, we are worried about the heat wave as we see in North, uh, Northern Hemisphere. We hope that that will not be the reality for us in South Africa. But beyond those points then and the operational stuff, I think the key things that we need to resolve are the ones that I've outlined because those are the key points that everybody raised when we are asking them to say at a high level, what are some of the issues that are, that are, that are troubling you? And of course, this list is not exhaustive, but I've just highlighted a few things that are cutting across in all of the conversations that we've had across the country. And with that, colleagues, let me stop there, folks, and uh, thank you for uh, listening to this podcast. I'll come back um, next week with, with a, a few more other issues that we may focus on. I'm likely going to talk about trade because I've been watching how our activity is like on the first half of this year and some of the things that I think will develop for the second quarter trade activity. So I might, might talk about that uh, next week, but we'll see um, if there's nothing else that comes up because we do have also labor data uh, that coming up on Tuesday uh, this week. But let me stop there. My name is Wandi Lesiklobo. I'm an agricultural economist uh, based in in Pretoria. You can read more on some of the things that I write in my blog, which is wandilasiklobo.com. Link for the blog is in the description of this podcast and uh, in the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa. You can read some of our work there. It's www.agbiz.co.za. Thanks for listening, folks.